So I'm, I'm going to share a secret with you guys this morning about me, okay? Um, I'm not very good with tech stuff at all. So, um, seriously, Matt. Um, so a friend of mine decided to bless me with um, some money and said, you know, buy yourself a laptop and an iPad, by the way. Um, so on Friday, I went with my daughter to Apple. It was amazing. Um, and I bought these two things. And uh, I, was, I was particularly thrilled because as I'm getting younger, I'm finding that it's, it's getting very, very difficult to read. I, I, I know that. It happens to young people. So um, I thought having an iPad would make it so much easier. So it's, 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 it's awesome. But what made me realize how young I was, was this morning, I still wanted to take the paper copy with me. Because I, I thought it might, you know, it might just fail me. But God is, is, you know, the God we serve is just awesome. Honestly, I, I, there are times I just think to myself, Lord, what, what have we done to earn your love? But it's nothing. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's freely given. It's, and it, the best thing about it is it's, it's there for us all the time. And today we've celebrated um, Everybody, almost everyone in this church, and Matt has said it, that the beautiful thing about our church is that we have over 150 people that serve on Sundays. So through the month, we have about 160 people that serve. And we want to push it. We want to go beyond that. But we're thankful that we're at a place where, on a Sunday morning, by the way, some people are here from 8.30 in the morning, and, and people like Toby... I hear from 7.30 in the morning. But I, I want to talk about something about serving, but I want us to, to go a bit beyond where we are because I think that as a church, God is calling us up to a higher place. So we've, we've been amazing. We're, we're serving, but God is saying to us as a church, I want, I want a bit more from you now. And hence, I've the name of this is Don't Fill a Gap, Grow in Love. I know that when we talk about serving, everybody's thinking, you know, there's a gap to be filled. Actually, I think God is calling us to say, actually, no, I want more than that. I want, I want you to do stuff, fill the forms, write what you can do, but it goes beyond that. I want to grow you. And when God wants to grow us, particularly wants to grow us in a place of love, so in the next 15 minutes, we'll be looking at what it means not to fill a gap, but to grow in love. We'll be looking at love mainly, and, 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 and I pray that we'll connect love to serving. We'll be looking at where love comes from. We'll be looking at how, how do I get it? What's this, this love thing? So now I know about it. How do I get it? And now that I have it, what do I do with it? Because whether you like it or not, you are carrying a bit of a father with you. And I know that we have 15 minutes, but I know God can do amazing things in that time. 
<laughs> so we will start with, well, where does love come from? Let's quickly look at John 4, 78. If you have your Bibles, and if, like me, you have something shiny. Um, it says, Dear friend, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Actually, anyone who does not love doesn't know God. But everyone who doesn't love doesn't know God. That's what he says. For God is love. I love the fact that God is not, love is not what God gives it's who he is. The fullness of God is love. He is the source of love. And what type of love am I talking about this morning? It's agape love. It's the unconditional love. We live in a world that tells us that, you know, you've got to be rich to get love. You've got to be white to get love. You've got to be black to get love. You've got to be tall to get love. In fact, Unfortunately for our children, we're told, they're told you've got to look pretty. You've got to look a certain way to get love. We're talking about pure love that God gives with no demands. He's saying, this is who I am. This is what I want to give to you. I honestly can't say more about where love comes from than from God. Because that's what he is. That's who he is. That's what he carries. That's what he gives. He gives that to you all the time. He gives that to me every time that I have an opportunity to meet with him. This morning, what is he giving out today? He, he's giving out blessings. There's so much. But everything he gives out is embodied in love because that's who he is. I said we'll talk about where, I mean, what, what is this love? Let's look at how do I receive it? So there will be two categories of people here today. There will be some people who do not have a relationship with God. And because of that, you're thinking, I'm left out. There will be some people who here who have been Christians for five days, five years, 50 years. And you're thinking, this is not for me. Actually, it's for all of us. Because first of all, the person who doesn't know God, we're going to read the scripture and see what God says about that. Says God shows how much he loves us. I love the fact that God shows. So he doesn't just go around saying, I love you. He shows it. So that tells us something else about love. Because if, if you carry God's love and you do not show it, there's something not right there. So God shows how much he loves us by sending his, his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but because he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, you know, I, I don't have a relationship with God, this God, so I, I really don't know what you're talking about. Oh, God is saying to you this morning, my love is here for you to receive it. There's something for you. If, like me, you've been a Christian for a long time, God's love continues. It doesn't stop. The, when you become a Christian, God sows a seed in us, his love. 
but he doesn't stop working in us. That the work of salvation is something that continues every day, every time. So if you're someone who, before you became a Christian, some things have happened that have hurt you, or you're someone who is going through something now that has hurt you, what God's word is saying is that actually I am still with you working on those things because I am love. So you don't know God, there's a place for you. You know God, there's a job that he's still doing in us to redeem us. God's love, I've put here, heals us, he restores us, he sets us free, delivers us, he, he provides for us. The process continues until Jesus comes to take us home. It does not stop. So if we're stuck, it's because we have stopped receiving what that love does. It's not because God has changed. It's because we, and I, and I really pray that that lead lifts us up to, off us today, where we're thinking, I've been a Christian for X amount, 20 years, 30 years. Therefore, you know, this God has nothing for me. No, there's still something that he's doing to you to me, for me, for you, to set us free. So no one is exempt this morning. And I also wanted to look at something, because when we become Christians, that seed is sown. But I was shocked to, re- to, to, to realize that it doesn't, God doesn't just do all the work. There's stuff that he needs us to do to be able to grow in love, so the gift of salvation, the gift of his love, comes to us freely in the beginning. And then we start to do stuff that makes those things grow and things start happening to us. How do I know that? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. The Amplified Bible, I love the way it puts it. It says, eagerly pursue and seek to, seek to acquire. We need, it's, 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 there's work that needs to be done. We cannot have it being laid back, we've got to do something. It says, for what? To acquire love. It says, make it your aim, your great quest. There really is no, um, no, no stopping, isn't it? When you, come, when you become a child of God, there's no place, there's no stopping. There's still so a lot of acquiring, questing, eager, eagerly seeking to be done. Before I read the next scripture, I'm just going to quickly tell us a bit about it. So um, Jesus has been doing some amazing stuff, you know, healing, doing all sorts of beautiful, beautiful stuff. And um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are not very, very happy. I mean, he's even gone as far as healing people on a Sabbath day. Who does that? I mean, hospitals just close on a Sunday or on a Saturday, depending on how you see it. But they now go to Jesus and they say to him, actually, we want to ask you a question. And, and, and this, they're trying to set a trap for him. So let's read it. It's in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Jesus is very, 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 very clever. I know where I get it from. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious laws, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, 
all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the greatest, the first and greatest commandment. And then he says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that because what Jesus is saying is, you, I know what you want me to say. You want me to say that what Moses said in Leviticus is wrong, but he's saying, no, I'm not going to do that. The first and most important law is to love. The love, Lord your God and everything. And, and, and it sounds very religious. that We love that, don't we? And then he says that's the second one. But what he does is he now turns the second one to be on the same level as the first one. How? He says it is equally important. I also love the fact that he says love your neighbor as yourself. Because it's a place where we all fail a lot. Because Jesus is saying that because you cannot give what you don't have. He could have said, love your neighbor and stop there, but he didn't. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. But he, God can do that because he, say, he knows that there is work that he wants to do in you and I to a place where we begin to love ourselves. And loving other people is not a task because it comes out of what we're full of. We struggle sometimes loving people because we cannot give what we do not have. But I also love something about God because he knows that we've been through so much and some people have been through so much, but we are talking about God who's saying that wherever you're at, where you're there or where you're here, wherever you're at, he's in it with you. So actually, you and I do not have an excuse this morning not to love because God is in whatever it is that we're in. And remember when, we're talking, when we started, we talked about the seed that he's sown. God himself is in us. So, I cannot give what I do not have. So what happens to all the things that have happened to me in my past? What about what is happening to me now? in my relationship? What about what is happening to me now at my place of work? What about what is happening to my children? It's so hurtful, it's so painful. And I'm not undermining that. I'm just saying that God is able to be in it with you so that you're full of what he is and therefore you can share it with other people. We have talked about where this love is from. We've talked about how do we get it. We now know that if you're a non-Christian, God is available. The work was done on the cross. We have talked about the fact that if you're a Christian, there is still that work going on in you if you make yourself available to God. Let's go to what do I do with it? What do I do with it? First John 4. 11 to 12 says, Dear friend, since God loved us that, that much, remember we talked about how much he loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his son on the cross, didn't he? We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God is in us. I'll stop there. I, I, I know there's a scripture, but also I can see in that that God is saying, 
actually, you've never seen me. How then can you say that you love me that you've never seen, but you don't love your brother who you see every day? The concept of it, and I'm, I'm, I'm growing in it myself. I'm, I'm, I'm really going the concept of people, of us, the body of Christ, saying every time that we love God and the compassion for our neighbors, the compassion for our friends, the compassion for people within our church, the compassion for people in pain does not touch us. It's just, it's, it's I don't know what word to use for it, but it's, it's impossible, actually. I would ask myself to check myself again, and I would ask all of us to check ourselves again, because if people around you do not touch you, I don't think that's the type of love God is talking about today. God commands us to keep expressing love at whatever level you're at. At your level, express your love to the people around you. In 1 Peter 4.8, I'm just going to read this. The message puts it perfectly. Most of all, love each other as if your life depends on it. Actually, what he's saying is, Love is in, 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 the, in, in the spirit world is like your oxygen, really, because without oxygen, we cannot live. Our life depends on oxygen. He's saying love like your life depends on it. Your love should be such that I'm taking in air. That's how real. And when you think about it, it can, I still can't grasp it, but it sort of can, or can make sense why God can put his son on the cross. Because he loved us as if, if we were God that you could measure his life. His life depended on having a relationship with us. I'm going to read two scriptures to... I'm doing well. I'm going to read two scriptures to finish off. And before I read that, um, you know, I know I've, I said earlier that today is uh, Volunteer Sunday, and it's great because we're celebrating people that are serving. And, I'm, you know, how, how then do we connect it? Well, if you're serving, God is calling us up, like I serve, to a place where the way we serve and why we serve changes today. We serve because we love. And therefore, Matt and Paul were talking earlier and they talked about, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the cafe team. And, and if you're on the cafe team, you're, you're serving coffee. Actually, what God is saying is that a coffee served in love and a normal coffee is completely different. That's the truth. If you're on the children's team, the, the cho- children that are looked after in love this agape love that we're talking about is different from a children that are just being looked after. Actually, please let our children be looked after differently when they're with us than when they're out there in the world. Let our coffee, it is better than Starbucks, let our coffee be different to what is served out there. Because where God is calling us 
two, a zeal family, if we're not doing that, we're not meeting God's mark. If you're in the host team, please let your host team reception of people, Christians, non-Christians, members, new people alike, let it be different. And, and I know for a fact, because God is here, that he will give us the grace to do it in a way that we've never done it before. So when we serve in love, we bring God into the situation. That's what we do. We bring God, we invite God into the situation. In 1 Corinthians 13, the whole of 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love and it's, it's a big ask. Honestly, please read it. It's, it's a huge study. Honestly, if you, if, you, if you want to walk in love, just 1 Corinthians 13, make it something. Just look at it. Every bit of it, it's, it's, um, it's life-changing because it breaks the rule of the world. He bluntly says that the love that the world pushes is nothing like God's love. So you know how the Bible says that we should renew, keep renewing our minds. I think we need to renew our minds on the concept of what love is. But when I read this, it's shocking because we'll read it first and we'll see. It says, if I could speak all the language, uh, languages of the earth, and, and uh, if you read some of the versions, it's talking about speaking in different languages, it's something spiritual. And it says, and of angels, but didn't love, I am only like a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Actually, what the bottom line says is, no matter how powerful I am in spiritual gifts, if I do not love, it will not count. Um, and then it finishes, 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, Hope, love, and the greatest, greatest of this is love. You know, I, w I wish I could say today that this, the fact that I'm, I have the privilege of sharing this means that I'm there. I'm not there yet. You know, you read some things and it just makes you, but I love it though. It makes me realize that with God there's no stopping. You know, I'm growing. That's my encouragement, and that's my encouragement to, to each and every one of us this morning. It is not a place of condemnation. It's a place of excitement that no matter how young I am or how old I am, God still has something that he's doing in me. So if you're not there yet, love-wise, it's exciting. God still has stuff that he's doing in me. When we serve in love, we bring God into a situation in a way that we cannot without love. How many of us want to see God in the situation at a place of work, in, 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 in church, in your children? How many people? I do. But we can only see it if we express it. Do you know why? Because we are the carriers of love. It would only go as far as we're willing to take it to. So if we decide that on a Sunday, once we're coming out through the door, it ends there, that's how far it will go. We are the carrier of God's love. Let us pray.